Welcome to day five of Insights and Intuitions with Pondering AI. In this installment, Ilke Demir reflects on generative AI detection and protection. Hi, Ilke. Thank you for coming back and joining us again. Hi, Kimberly. It's a pleasure to be back. Well, I think it's fair to say that the furor, the excitement, and potentially the fear over generative AI, LLMs, has not died down since the last time we spoke. And you are in the center of the storm, really working on how do we not only leverage these productively, but also safely. How do we safeguard their use, both in terms of our individual rights and and the collective best interest? So I'm interested... What have you seen as the most consequential development in the generative AI space over the last six months or so? Good question. So starting from my own bubble, we actually demonstrated the defect detection and defect detection as a service last week in Intel Innovation. And we are working towards all that trusted media developments uh, to build this online trusted feature. And one latest addition to our suite of tools is called My Art, My Choice, where we are bringing this choice <laughs> to all the content owners, face owners, style owners, artists, um, content like um, scene owners about protecting their content from being used in diffusion models. And so how does that work? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So that's actually an adversarial attack on diffusion models. So we are trying to protect an image. It's like we learned to generate a super similar version of the image perceptually, but adversarially it has these like very little perturbations that actually makes diffusion models break. The output is actually looking like nothing like the style, nothing like the image, etc. And we also tried it on faces and other domains and it works pretty well. So if anyone wants to protect their work from being used in diffusion models without their consent, without granting their copyright, etc., they can say my art, my choice, and hopefully it will be available to them. So that's within our bubble. <laughs> that's excellent. And obviously this will work for folks on a move forward basis, but if you've got art that's already out there, or obviously these things have been out and vacuuming up any content, digital content available on the web, has there been any developments or research in how folks who may want to pull that out of a of, of, a, of a previous training set? Excellent question. So there are some research around that um, and how to uh, make models forget or how to even understand how much one sample is contributing to the whole Latin space of one model, all learned space of one model. And those approaches, um, I, I, I love that research, but I haven't seen anything that is coming out from there. I believe some, I mean, some industries, some companies should be building them internally to at least if they are promising to compensate artists' work for their contribution in generative models. Any company that is promising that should be building that internal model about understanding how much one sample contributes to the whole diffusion model, right? And hopefully that will happen at some point, but I haven't seen any technological solution there yet. So it sounds like an area of active research. It'll be interesting to see also if those companies 
pursue that in the interest of trying to minimize the payout to somebody, right? To say this really doesn't have that much of an impact versus trying to optimize value for for those creators. So we'll hope that that comes out on the on the side of good. Now, you mentioned uh, within your bubble, and there's a lot of really, I think, important and exciting work happening there. So I'm, I'm glad we started there. What are you keeping an eye on outside of your bubble that you think is potentially most interesting or impactful moving forward? Right. Um, I think we mentioned this a little bit in our previous chat, but the provenance integration, that is what I'm keeping my eye on. That's also what we are also working on. So there are different types of provenance, right? Like you can actually say that this model belongs to someone or this sample belongs to someone or this data set belongs to someone, etc. And how we actually integrate all of these information within the whole generative creation process. So I want my, my, I don't know, maybe my face or my art to be known that the origin was me throughout wherever it goes without being manipulated without my consent, without being deleted without my consent. And, and that will make all the, like the, the answer to the previous question much easier, right? Like if it is known throughout the process that we don't need to decipher how much my sample contributes to a diffusion model because it will be known at the output of the diffusion model and it belongs to me, right? So how can we have provenance integration and provenance preservation throughout the synthetic data generation processes? I think that is like one big question to, to all of our problems right now. So that, that may have prefaced uh, the answer to the next question I'm going to ask you. So as we look out across the next year, what are you most excited to see? I, I don't want to be biased by our own work, but I think I believe in our mission and I believe in our mission to be generalized across my research colleagues that we need to bring humans to the center of all of this. Not like forget about our research, like trusted media research, but like for everyone, this is not some black box that is like, okay, we are giving a sentence and getting an image or et cetera, right? We need humans to be in the middle of that. And for humans to be in the middle of that, the results should be explainable. We should know why that model says so. We should know how we can control them how we can do controllable generation, maybe beyond control nets, right? Like control net is a good thing. You can give some kind of guidance, but it's not really controlling, right? There are some research outputs that are doing drag and drops or some uh, copy paste, etc. So this is some, some nice things around that control. And how we can br- bring the ownership and transparency into that process to make it more human-centric. So... I think it's great that all of the beautiful minds are thinking about all these technological advancements, but we should take a step back, put humans back into that equation and see how we interact with them, how we understand them, how we interpret them. And and so as that work goes on, there are understandably a lot of humans who are very excited, may or may not understand the underpinnings of the technologies underneath all of these tools and God knows they have exploded, right? The number of tools out there these days. Is there any piece of advice you would give in this time where we don't necessarily have these controls? We don't have the transparency. There may not even be the literacy. Is there a single piece of advice for those who want to engage with these tools or are excited about it, but really do want to do that in a way that is ethical and responsible? Whichever tool they are using, they should find out the source of it or what are the 
RAI, responsible or ethical AI pillars that it was built on. If it's a company tool, it may be a little bit more structured that it actually goes through that. Um, sometimes some companies don't give the model cards or like which data set it was built on, etc. So I know this is asking too much before you use a tool, like just go check the, check the source, but that actually, that, that makes all of us aware, that makes all of us a conscious part of this ecosystem instead of just blindly, like maybe downloading a tool from GitHub or using a company's super newest offering or like clicking to that 10,000 liked Twitter thread. Oh, here is five ways I use this, this, this tool. And is that a good tool to start with, you know? But I would say check the sources, check how it was done and do not believe the output. That is, that is it. Especially like we were checking with some friends about what one of the latest AI chatbots is saying about me. <laughs> It seems I am from three different universities, which I never studied at. I had so many collaborators that I was, I never worked with. I had so many papers that I think I was working in healthcare or something. I have no idea. And that was just a chat conversation in one of the messaging tools, you know? And I'm like, wow, that's me. Okay. Good to know. And I don't know even not to say it because people may be asking that to really get that information, you know, like mm -hmm. I'm asking for toying with the tool. But if someone is really interested about my academic background and ask these, I wasn't in those universities. So, <laughs> so yeah, just check the source and checking the source is not asking to another chatbot. Checking the source means that credible scientific papers or like credible websites, etc. So, <laughs> and, and, and for the record, okay, his background is quite impressive all on its own. <laughs> <Thank you>. um, <laughs> and, and perhaps the fact that it fabricates in that way just is an indication of exactly how pervasive your influence is, even if you never studied at all those places. Sure. So. In a parallel <laughs> universe in a different timeline. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, great advice and great insights. Okay. Thank you for joining us again. Of course. Thank you. 12 Days of Pondering AI continues tomorrow. Subscribe now for more insights into what's happening now and what to expect next in the ever-fascinating world of AI. 